Brother Adrian, we have 482 on the screen. Is that correct? Sorry, you, you're right, Sister Aniki. It's 482. Thank Amen. you. Just to 
crucified with Christ and the cross he had set me free. Amen. Christ set me free. Amen. Amen. Oh, it is so sweet to die with Christ to the world and then. Oh, it is so sweet to live with Christ as he lives and within. The hope of glory, tell it over and over again. This is the story of the master. Amen. 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 How about that? If you can turn on your video, you can, you're welcome to turn on your video. We can see one another. If you're not convenient, no problem. Then you can just release your spirit overflow. Hallelujah. As he lives and reigns within. Amen. 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 The story of the master through the cross he reached the throne, and like him, our path to glory ever leads through death alone. Amen. 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 Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen. 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 O Lord, empty us and fill us with thy fullness to the brim. Amen, Lord. Amen. Amen. Harvest grows from buried grain. Amen. 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 Amen.
Amen. Praise the Lord. We are crucified with Christ. Amen. 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 Set us free. Amen. Amen. With Christ. Amen. And peace and reigns in us. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Yes, Lord, thank you that we are crucified with you. Amen. Amen. Oh, we are set free. Amen. Amen. Oh, Adam is gone. Amen. 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 Pharaoh is gone. Amen. 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 Oh, Satan is gone. Amen. Amen. Since we're going to sing this hymn again, I'd like to share something about from this hymn. If you have your own hymn now, you underline the word in verse one, say, set me free. That is the initiation of this hymn, that the Lord not only set us, sorry, the Lord not only saved us from his judgment. Uh, when we believe into the Lord, we actually also been free from Satan from the power of darkness. Amen. So that is when Christ was on the cross. Many people, we just, many Christian believers, we just know Christ saved us from condemnation, from his judgment. But the second side of our salvation, Christ saved us from the power of authority of darkness. Christ saved us from the world from Satan, which is typified by Pharaoh. That's what we're going to cover tonight. Mm -hmm. so that is a good word that you have to underline. Mm -hmm. And the cross, through the cross, he not only saved me from my sin, but he saved me from the world. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. when God's people, they were in Egypt, um, they've been saved mm -hmm. from the blood of the Passover lamb, but yeah. Pharaoh he still won't let them go. Yeah. Did you see? Pharaoh said, you can enjoy God's salvation. You can enjoy the Passover lamb, but I'm not going to let you go. You stay here. Okay. But saints, we want to see, praise the Lord on the cross. Christ had set me free. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Then I have risen again with Christ and he lived and reigned in me. He not only set me free, the second word you want to underline, he reigns. He's king. He's reigning in me. He's ruling in me. Amen. And in verse 2, we would like to underline the word mystery. That is, well, anyway, this hymn was written by A.B. Simpson. He enjoyed this salvation that Christ not only set us free, but he experienced this Christ is within me. Not only outwardly set me free, but this Christ is in me. And he said, this is mystery hidden throughout the ages. Colossians 1.27, Christ is my life. When Christ is manifest, we will also manifest with him in glory. This is the mystery. Today you look me ugly, no problem. One day 
that glory Christ will be manifesting through me. Amen. Amen. This is been, oh hallelujah for this mystery. Yeah. Christ Amen. in the hope of glory. I want to tell it over and over again. The Amen. more I speak out, the more the glory is manifested. And verse 3, he said, on one hand, it is mystery. And in verse 3, it was hidden in the nature. On one hand, you cannot know what is the hidden mystery, but the Lord showed this mystery in the nature, in the vegetable life. Harvest grows from buried grain. On one hand, nobody knows. On the other hand, through God's creation, he showed this to us. All the, all the harvest come from being buried through the dead and resurrection life is coming up. And then Romans chapter 11 show us we are the poor tree. Okay? Small, sour, bit, whatever you can, but now we are grafting. Okay? The poor tree with a better grafted Sweeter, richer, life doth gain. Praise the Lord. The Lord not only saved us, but actually he joined himself with us. When we believe, we believe into Christ. That is the grafting of life. What a wonderful hymn. This is a good hymn. When Adrian mentioned to me he wanted to sing this hymn tonight, I said, this is a good hymn. Praise the Lord. <laughs> that is a wonderful hymn. This mystery hidden from ages, we saw it in the vegetable life through grafting, and that is our experience. That's why Romans chapter 11 shows the picture of grafting. And in verse 4, how we experience the holy life, not outwardly, but it's through inward feeling. Outwardly, um, Practicing without inner life feeling that, that is in vain. <clears throat> so he prayed to the Lord in third line, empty us and fill us. That is the way for us to live a holy life. The secret of us to being holy is to let the Lord fill us. Luke chapter 1, verse 53. Okay? You can write it in your Bible. Luke chapter 1, verse 53. He will make the hungry feel with good things, but he will cause the rich one send him away empty. Wow. Saints, do we feel we're rich or we feel we are hungry? If we are hungry, he will fill us with good things. That means with God. If we feel we need it, then we're going to go empty. That is the way of holy. The way of holy is we ought to say, Lord, empty me and fill me up. Amen. With thy fullness to the brim. And in verse 5, this is how this life within us is supplying us. Even to our body. You know, A.B. Simpson, at the age of 14 years old, when he was at the age of 14, he has a very big illness, nearly died. 
and that time is quite seriously about to die. He, he thought he might be only live until 14 years old. But through that, one day he read one of the books called The Mystery of Sanctification. And that book just, there's a, there is no other way except believe into the Lord Jesus. So he received the gospel at the age of 14. And from that time, he kept pursuing the Lord. Outwardly, his body was still very weak, but he kept pursuing the Lord. Then until he finished his college, and then he started to serve the Lord full time. And he wrote a lot of hymns and a lot of messages, very helpful. In our hymnal, many of the hymns, we took his hymnal. Okay? Uh, we, we gain a lot of profit from his hymns. He wrote um, many hymns was written by Albert uh, B. Simpson. Um, I think Albert Benjamin Simpson. Um, so at that time, okay, he started experiencing, you know, in verse five, this is the medicine. This is the bound for pain and sickness, just to all our strength to die and to find his life and his fullness, all our being needs supply. This life within us, not only for the future, even in this age, strengthen our spirit, soul, and our body, keep supplying us. And verse six, he said, this is the story of my master. We are following our master through the cross and reach the throne. You underline the word cross and the throne. That is our way. This is the way of the cross. Because we know we're still in the flesh. And through the cross, we reach the throne. That is terminating ourselves. We buried ourselves and we get to the throne. You cannot go directly into the Holy of Holies. You need to pass through the altar, pass through the labor, and then come into the holy place and go into the Holy of Holies. So through the cross, we can reach the throne. Even until revelation, we still gonna, amen, pass through the water, all the dealing, the glassy sea in order for us to go through. Amen. Tonight we're going to cover that. Wonderful. And like him, our path to glory. Ever live alone. If there's no death, there's no life. And through the cross, we reach the throne. Amen. This is quite a weighty hymn. We're going to sing this again. How about that? Let's enjoy this hymn. Amen. The title of this hymn is Identified His Death and Resurrection. You know, in chorus, he said, Oh, it is so sweet to die with Christ. Not bitter, but so sweet. We die with Christ. All the world, all the self, all the sin, it is gone. Amen. So sweet to live with Christ. We're not only sweet to die with Christ, also sweet to live with Christ because he, lie, he lives and he's reigning within us. 
Amen. Amen. How about that? Let's enjoy this hymn again. Angela, can you play this hymn for us again?
Amen. All right, let's have some verses. Adrian, can you tell us? Amen. Uh, so welcome everybody tonight. Uh, we're going to continue um, uh, in, in Genesis. We're going to read from chapter 7, verse 17. And then we're going to read all the way up to chapter 9, also verse 17. Yes. So, um, Angelo, if you break us up in groups, maybe give us about, because it's quite a few verses, Genesis 7, 17 to 9, 17. So, saints, we have to uh, just be exercised to just read uh, uh, not too slowly in our groups. And then maybe give us seven minutes in our groups. Hallelujah. Amen. Save through water. Amen. Tonight we want to enjoy safe through water. Amen. Amen. We're also going to enjoy life in resurrection. Chapter 8. Amen. Which God judged the age at the time of Noah. To really see the significance of this, we have to see what was the background of this. So what has happened up until now is we saw that man has fallen. Man fell, uh, firstly, by taking in the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we saw that what really happened is man partook of the life of Satan. That is signified by the tree of knowledge. And when this life came into man, then man left the presence of God and he developed this culture to sustain his living apart from God. You can even say godless culture. And eventually, this godless culture that was developed by man without God, because man had to leave the presence of God, now opened the way for a really evil uh, generation to come forth. And so we saw some evil spirits left what was their dwelling place to commit fornication with the daughters of men. And so this produced a mixture among the human race that eventually God says that his spirit will no longer strive with man. And even in, in chapter 6, we read last week, God said that in verse 7, Chapter 6, and Jehovah said, I will blot out the man whom I've created from the surface of the ground. From man to beast to creeping thing to the birds of heaven, for I, for I repent that I've made them. And even in verse 5, Jehovah said, so the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So now, uh, we saw that Noah found favor. He found grace. Hallelujah. And through finding this grace, walking with God, God started to open up to Noah what was in his heart. And what was in his heart is that Noah would build an ark. Hallelujah. Noah would build something that him and his family would enter into to be saved. Right? We saw that the prophecy even from... Um, uh, Noah's forefather, Enoch, he prophesied that, that, that at the time that my son comes, 
then it shall come to pass. So Methuselah, he was like uh, this, this prophecy by Enoch that there was going to come something. But now Noah, the Lord opened up to Noah even more. He opened up to Noah that Noah, you need to build something. Yes, it's good. You have learned from your forefathers to offer up the sacrifice, to take the blood of the lamb, to take the skin of the lamb. You've learned to call upon the name of the Lord. You've learned to walk with God. But now you need to have a living that builds something. And so what is Noah building? His building, we saw, the ark just signifies God being blended with man. God building himself into man. The trying God, these numbers, three and five. The whole ark is just three and five. God wants to be built into us and build us into him. So that there would be this dwelling place into which we can enter. Okay, so now this building that Noah and his family entered into. This is what saved them. So now we have this, this, um, this, uh, this rain, this flood coming. Noah goes into the ark. Jehovah shuts the door. And then this flood comes on the earth for 40 days. The water just increases. The water eventually prevails. Okay, that is God's judgment on this condemned world, on this condemned age. So brothers and sisters, this, this flood is a type of our baptism. And so what we see here is that it is through baptism, through our burial, that we are delivered from the age that we find ourselves in that is condemned by God. Noah and his family, they were in this ark. They were in the building that God revealed to Noah that he had to build. And as Noah was building this, eventually this building became what he entered into and what saved him from what God used to judge that age and so this this baptism this this flood with which god condemned the age it even says and all flesh that moved upon the earth expired the birds the cattle the animals the swarming things even all of mankind god said that he would blot out all of these from the surface of the ground. And so this is what happened. God blotted out all of mankind from the surface of the ground. But there was a salvation to one family, to Noah and his children. And this was through water. So brothers and sisters, what do we see related to water? So I want to read us, I think it's 1 Peter 3. Verse 20. Who had formerly disobeyed 
when the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, entering into which a few, that is eight souls, were brought safely through by water. So brothers and sisters, what does this show us? This shows us that Noah and his family were brought safely through by water. So what saved them, on the one hand, it was the pitch, right? It was the, the covering of the ark, both on the outside, we spoke about that last week, on the outside and the inside. So that's the blood of Christ that saves us. But not only was it the pitch that saved them, it was the water that saved them. So brothers and sisters, what we want to see tonight is really that our baptism is not an empty ritual which we go through. But we want the Lord to really enlighten us and show us what is the real significance of this baptism through which we went. If we consider the children of Israel, when they went into the land of Egypt, right? There was a whole situation. There was drought and everything. And so Jacob and his family moved there. Eventually, they were in slavery in Egypt under Pharaoh. Okay, this was a type of Satan enslaving God's people. So how were the children of Israel delivered out of that slavery? Well, on the one hand, they had to put the blood. They had to slay that lamb in the house, and then they had to put the blood on the doorpost, and they had to be inside that house. And then the angel of death would pass over that house. Okay. Now, during that Passover, they were saved through the blood of the lamb. But inside the house, they were busy eating that lamb. And they had to eat that lamb with their staff in their hands, and they had to be girded up. They had to be clothed. They had to be ready. They were going to leave Egypt. Okay, they were going to leave. They, they did not only have the blood on the outside, but they had the lamb on the inside. They were eating the lamb so that they could get out of Egypt. But then as they were walking out of Egypt, as they left Egypt, Pharaoh even said, go, you need to go now. This is it. And he sent them out. But as they were leaving, he, he was like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let these people go. Satan, this is like Satan. He's saying, listen, you are God's people and you've been saved by the blood. But you know what? Egypt is my territory. I am going to do with you what I want to here in Egypt. And I want to keep you in Egypt. I don't want you to leave. So Pharaoh and his whole army followed the children of Israel, right? And they got, they got almost, you can say, caught between the Red Sea and Satan's army. So here are the, here are the uh, Israelites. Here's Satan's uh, <laughs> Pharaoh's army, Satan's army, right? Trying to capture them. And on this side, there's a, there's a sea. So what does God do? He opens the Red Sea. The children of Israel pass through the Red Sea. And then what happens? The Red Sea closes upon Pharaoh and his whole army. So through that baptism, and we know in Corinthians, Paul tells us that that baptism, that passing through the Red Sea is our baptism into Christ. Okay, so brothers and sisters, what happened to the children of Israel is they were delivered out of Egypt from Pharaoh's tyranny, from Pharaoh's slavery, 
through baptism. Now, if we consider our own situation, let, let's use an example, which I'm sure is applicable to every one of us. Okay, in, 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 in whatever way, a certain man, he is very wealthy. He has many businesses. He's involved with many worldly affairs. And he, he's involved even not only with worldly affairs, but even in, in, the, in the enjoyment of the world, in the supply of the world. The world is everything to him. He lives in it. He gets a supply from it. It's, it's, it's what he finds himself in. How will such a man be delivered from the world? The easiest way is you just bury him. But he just dies. The world is over. This is what Paul was telling us. In Galatians 1, he says that Christ not only died for us, but he says there's a goal to Christ's crucifixion. There's a goal to Christ dying for us. He says in, in, in chapter 1, I think it's verse 6. Uh, no, wait, it's not verse 6. Um, anyway, the, the, the point is that Paul says, uh, oh, it's verse 4, sorry, who gave himself for our sins that he might rescue us. Okay, so he gave himself for our sins. Saints, that is the blood. That's the blood that is on the doorpost, okay? The Lord gave himself for our sins. The blood of Christ, that is, when we believe into the Lord Jesus and we believe that he has died for our sins, and that his blood was shed for us like those, well, animals that were slain before Adam and Eve, probably lambs. That's what Abel raised to offer up to God. So, so there's this picture. Something has to die for our sins. So Christ gave himself up for our sins. Why? That he might rescue us out of the present evil age. Brothers and sisters, do you see that there has to be this rescue? We have to experience the significance of baptism. Baptism is not a ritual. We can't, Noah and his family, they didn't say, well, this, this earth, it's condemned by God. This age is utterly evil. The thoughts and intentions of man is evil continually. Let's have a ritual. No, they had to build an ark. The flood had to come and they were saved through the water. Okay. That wasn't a ritual. That wasn't, that was the reality of being saved. So our baptism has to have this as, as the reality, has, has to have this man who's so stuck in the world. He has to experience burial. He has to experience being put to death with Christ. Oh, how sweet it is to die with Christ to the world, to ourselves, to sin, to all these things. The thing is, in Egypt, you could even experience salvation. But if you're still in Egypt, you're still under Satan's territory. You're still in Pharaoh's, under Pharaoh's domain, you can even say. Yes, you've experienced salvation. You did not experience God uh, uh, executing his judgment upon you by you having the covering of the blood. But that is just one aspect of our salvation. We need to experience this deliverance from the world. 
Okay, the last verse I wanted to share was Galatians chapter 6. Uh, I think it's verse 24. Oh, no, there isn't so many verses. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Maybe it's verse 14. Yes. But far breathed from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Brothers and sisters, Maybe before the Lord, we just go to the Lord and we just tell him, Lord, thank you. Through your death, not only was I saved from my sin, but you delivered me. Lord, I enjoyed prayer reading this verse today. I've been crucified. The world has been crucified to me and I to the world. A person who has been crucified to the world is dead to the world. We have to apply this. In our living. Amen. Brothers and sisters. What a salvation. Noah and his family. They were saved through water. Oh, may we experience this significance of baptism. Amen. Okay. I'm going to stop sharing there, brother John. You can carry on, brother. Yeah. What a big picture to see the baptismal pool of Noah. That baptized is not only baptized Noah, it baptized the whole age, the whole generation. The third fall of men, the evil power of darkness, corrupt the whole earth. No, that no one can escape from that age. Just like the age we are situated at this time. You know, no one can escape. Young people, children, all the parents. On one hand, we are happy to send our ch children to the school. But on the other hand, we are holding our breath. What they're going to learn today. Okay. Or maybe tomorrow, what they're going to learn. What happened. On one hand, we like to send them to school. On the other hand, we don't know that we are situated in this age. This age become corrupted. As um, Adrian mentioned, that is through the first fall of men, develop into the second fall of men, a kind of culture without God, and then develop into the third fall of men, become the whole generations. The whole age, it forced God come to exterminate everything from that age, including the animals. I'm sorry for this animal. They just a victim, including all the creeping things. Everything just has to blood out. Yeah, of course, I don't need to sorry for them. This is what God wants to judge over them because that whole everything is just corrupted, become evil in God's eyes. And in the story of Noah, we want to at least pick up these two revelations. We need to see. After a Bible study, you don't say, okay, Noah's built the ark, praise the Lord being saved, and the whole family, hallelujah. There are two revelations we want to see from the story of Noah. 
Number one is Noah saved from God's judgment. That is by what? By the pitch ark. Noah saved from God's judgment. The second revelation we want to see is Noah saved from the condemned world. These are the two revelations. He was saved from God's judgment by the pitch ark. That's what we covered last week. Pitch outside for God's satisfaction, pitch inside for our peace. And secondly, Noah saved through the judging water from the condemned world. He's been saved from this world that has been condemned by God, and God used the same water to save Noah. When I see this, it's like, wonderful. The same water that judged the world, the same the water saved Noah. Okay. What a revelation. God did not use another kind of water to save Noah. But the same water that judged the condemned world, the same water he saved Noah. What a revelation is this. And this means when this world God wants to judge, that's including the world system, the whole cosmos. And God judge, you know, this age that is from the time of Noah, there's an age. And then later on, there's another age. And then afterward, another age. We, if we live on this world, we know every age is keep changing. Sometimes long hair, sometimes short hair, sometimes short skirt, long skirt, and even the cell phone. We live in cell phone. At first, cell phone comes with a big one, and then a small one, and a big one again, and comes small one again. It just, it just the world. I even don't know are people looking at big one or small one. The whole age, all these things, is being judged by God. Satan used this thing. You know what Adrian mentioned is on one hand, they've been saved from God's judgment. Sorry, I'm talking about the children of Israel. When they were in Egypt, they want to come out of Egypt. So they enjoyed the Passover lamb. The blood was outside the house. That means they've been saved from God's judgment. But if they want to go, Pharaoh hold them. Pharaoh doesn't want to let them go. And this is exactly the picture of Noah's age. At that time, people might know God. Noah is not the only one know God. But no one can escape from that age. And God has to use the water to save Noah out of that age. Many Christians, they just know on the first part of salvation, that is, we've been saved from God's judgment. They did not see the second part of salvation, that God has saved us from the condemned world. This is the picture. When God's people, they've been saved from God's judgment in the day of Passover. But when they want to go out, Pharaoh, typified by Satan, no, no, no. 
you can be safe in, in Egypt, but don't go away, just here. Okay? So that he is holding God's people and it forced God to bring them out. And then the same water that opened the way for God's people to go through, the same water is to judge, to bury all the Pharaoh and his army. The same water. Amen. We've been saved through the water. We've also been saved from the condemned world. Hallelujah. And well, I like to, to, to show you this picture. It's actually is the picture of our baptism. Tonight we have to see what is the actual picture, significance, the meaning of baptism. It is from this picture. And I grown up in Christian family. At that time, my point of baptism is okay, at least I got saved. Okay. And many parents, we also like our children to be baptized, at least saved. One day he will be in somewhere with us. We need to see the picture of baptism. It is not just a ritual. Okay. Baptism um, is with the water signifying that water is judging what judging the death of Christ which saved us from the world that condemned by God. When we baptize, we are union with the death of Christ. That is baptism. That is the death of Christ save us from God's judgment and likewise the death of Christ save us from the world. I repeat, okay, not only from God's judgment, also from the power of the world. No one can escape from this power except the death of Christ. That is baptism. Um, that baptism in at Noah's time is a seed in the book of Genesis. From that seed all the way to Revelation you will see the water of baptism. At Noah's time, we see Noah, we saw Noah being baptized by the severe water, a gigantic water. It's larger than tsunami. There's so much water. And sometimes we baptize people, we baptize them in a bathtub, it's just so small. You can see the gigantic of baptism. Only in Genesis you will see that baptismal pool is so big. That is where you have nowhere to go. Sometimes we baptize people in baptism in the bathtub. It's also small. You just baptize. You don't have much impression. Noah's got the impression. Is wow, this baptismal pool is big. Everything buried. Okay. That is not only world universe, that not only worldwide, not only nationwide, it's also worldwide, it's also universal wide. The whole universe just been baptized, buried in the water. You know why we buried? Because we don't want to see them again. That we buried them. Okay. That, God speak to Noah, I don't want to see this thing anymore. I buried him with water. That is 
to judge them and bury them into the water. That's baptism. Since we baptize, is to baptize all the worldly thing. And secondly, we saw number one is from Genesis, and secondly, we saw from the Red Sea. God's people, they want, God called them, not only saved them from Pharaoh, but God's purpose from the tyranny of Pharaoh, but God's purpose is to bring them into the wilderness, into the mountain, and into the good land. But Pharaoh, being typified by Satan, won't let them go. So he hold them, and God has to use the Red Sea to bring them, to save them. That is the picture. The Red Sea okay, saved them out from the power of the world, from the authority of Satan. And on one hand, they've been saved through the water. On the other hand, Pharaoh thought he's going to get them. Yes, praise the Lord. So Pharaoh also come along together, get into the water. But when God's people, the Israelites, they get out of the water, and Satan, Pharaoh, and all his army are at the bottom of the water, and then the water just cover them. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. That is the, the same water that saved them, the same water that judged Pharaoh and his army. <laughs> and number three, we want to see, this is also the picture of God's house. <laughs> That is, you will see, uh, if you want to be a priest, you are in the outer court. You cannot just go all the way to the Holy of Holies. You must come through the altar. And then from the altar, you must go through the labor and then come to the holy place. The altar signifies the cross of Christ that is save us from God's judgment. That's the altar. After the altar, you come to the labor, and that labor is to wash away from the earthly dust, all the earthly things from the world, so that we can come to the holy place. No, you cannot just Christ die for me, then I can go. No, no, no. We're still full of worldly things. We still hold by worldly power. So our baptism is not just only save us from God's judgment, also save us, set us free from the worldly thing. This is so important that many believers, they just saw the first part that we've been saved from God's judgment. So they never experience God's presence in their prayer. They still pray, they can pray, but they hardly experience the presence of the Lord. Because this thing never dealt with. Never dealt with. See, this is how the Lord saved us with two aspects of salvation. Save us from his judgment, also save us from this world. Since this world is not our home. This world has been corrupted. God is saving us, but Satan is holding us. Only Christ, the cross of Christ, that can save us. Through the cross, we're being saved from this world. 
And of course, afterward, you also have the picture when they built up the temple, you even have a brazen sea and 10 levers. You know, that is a big picture in first King chapter seven, when they built the tabernacle, it's only one lever, but when they built up the temple, that is not a small lever, but a brazen sea, that's a big sea. And then 10 levers, five in a row. What that means, man, that is, that's indicate, the 10 levers indicate the fullness of the realization of baptism. We have, oh, praise the Lord, we must have a full realization of baptism. 10 levers in order for us to build God's house as the temple. We might say, Lord, uh, I still love you, but on the other hand, we are disturbed by many earthly things. And we still can pray, but that earthly things keep coming to us. Oh, this thing is still good. What should we do? At that time, we should dive into this present sea. <laughs> Just dive into that sea. Okay, I go quickly. Until the book of Revelation, they must go into glassy sea. The overcomers, they have been saved from the glassy sea. What's glassy sea? That glass is transparent. And that glassy sea is actually the lake of fire. No, in this labor, something that has been buried, you cannot see him on the side. But glassy sea, everything is transparent. When I read this part, I say, oh, praise the Lord. One day, everything has been buried. We're going to see them in the glassy sea, in the lake of fire. Everything... What the Lord has buried, one day, oh, you are here. <laughs> this is something that hold me. Praise the Lord. Amen. One day we're going to, all these overcomers, we're going to walk on the glassy sea. That glassy sea is the water and fire and transparent. I don't know how to describe it. Everything is buried. Oh, Pharaoh and all his army, all his power, all the amusement, all the age, everything that hold us will come to God's presence. Everything will be in the glassy sea. We're going to see them there. Today, we just bury them. We don't see them. One day, all these things going to be transparent to us. No wonder Revelation chapter 15, verse 2 and 3, the saved ones. They're standing upon the sea of the glass. They're rejoicing and singing. And they're singing the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. What is that? What's the song of Moses? The song of Moses that they've been saved through water. And song of the Lamb, that is the, they've been redeemed by the Lamb. Is that good? Amen. On one hand, We've been saved from the world with the water. On the other hand, we've been redeemed. Uh, that's why they sing the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. Amen. Wow. Okay. We, we, I'm just so happy with that. Okay. Since we baptized, we have enjoyed this twofold salvation. At that time, no more world. No more judgment in the water. We will pass through the glassy sea and we can get into the new heaven, new earth, and new Jerusalem. 
remember, if there is no water, we can come to the throne. We have to pass through the altar that's been redeemed us by the Lamb. Also, we want to pass through the, sorry, pass through the water. Once pass through the altar, once pass through the water. These are the twofold salvation for us to get into the presence of the Lord, for us to go to enjoy the new Jerusalem. In before new Jerusalem, we're gonna pass through the glassy sea. That means all Satan, all the holding power, all the frustrating factors will be buried, will be in the lake of fire. Then we come to new Jerusalem. What a wonderful picture from the seed of Genesis all the way to Revelations. Amen. Okay, we're just on the first part. I don't know, Adrian, are you going to touch some part in chapter 8? Well, maybe, uh, uh, Brother John, we can just uh, share a little short portion on, on um, chapter 8. Um, this life in resurrection. So um, I'm not going to, yeah, let me just start with verse 4. Uh, before I do that, Brother John mentioned that we have the seed of our baptism, of our burial, of the world, of our salvation, hallelujah, in Genesis. And then this gets developed. And eventually we see the full harvest of it in, in the book of Revelation. So praise the Lord. This book of Genesis is really a book of seeds. And so now we don't want to stop there, right? What did the Noah and his family, these eight people, what did they experience uh, after, right? And so even, even their experience after this ark came to rest is the experience of the church. This is our experience, brothers and sisters. And this to me is just so wonderful how the Lord wrote the book wrote the bible so in verse 4 it says and the ark came to rest amen in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month upon the mountain of Ararat. so this is showing us that these ones were now as they were enjoying god's salvation complete salvation by passing through death by going through the death waters they are now in another realm god delivered them out of that out of that age and he is now putting them in another age it's like they have a new beginning okay so this this day the seventh month on the 17th day of the month is the day that the Lord Jesus resurrected. Brothers and sisters, the Jews, they had two calendars. The one was the civil calendar and the other one was, I think it's the holy calendar. But anyway, the civil calendar is what is referred to here in Genesis. Now, the, the, their sacred calendar, the Lord told them that when they... Uh, remember the Passover lamb when they 
when they have the feast of the Passover, that has to be on the first month, the month of, I think it's Abib. Brother John, you can just correct me, but it, the, the yeah, month of Abib means, it means sprouting. It means it's like a, a, a new beginning, okay? So that month, they had to keep the Passover. If you go read Exodus, the first month on the, on the 14th day, okay? So that was the, the, the first month of the 14th day. That was the Passover day. Now, the Lord Jesus, he was crucified on the Passover. Okay, so he was crucified on the first month of the 14th day, which, which equates to the seventh month. So the civil calendar, it would be the seventh month, the 14th day. The, uh, the sacred calendar would be the first month, the 14th day. Now, three days later, on the 17th day, the Lord Jesus was resurrected. Amen. Right? So that means this day that the ark came to rest, on top of the mountain was the same day as the Lord's resurrection. It is the day of the Lord's resurrection. So I just want to read us that verse in Peter. I read first Peter chapter two. Uh, no, chapter three, verse 20. Okay, who had formerly disobeyed when the long-suffering God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, entering into which a few, that is, eight souls, were brought safely through by water. Which water, verse 21, as the antitype also now saves you, that is baptism, okay? So we've been saved through baptism from this world, not a putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the appeal of a good conscience unto God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So this verse puts the ark with our baptism. The flood is our baptism with through the resurrection of Christ. So it shows us that these people, when they were in the ark and when they were brought through the ark, they ended up in resurrection. Wow. So brothers and sisters, I think we'll get into the details of this next week. But the point is that this ark that brought these eight souls, and, and the number eight is also very significant because the Lord was resurrected on the, on the first day of the week, okay? Now, the week has seven days. So the first day of the week, that is the eighth day. That is the day of resurrection. So these eight souls, they signify li a living in resurrection. Hallelujah. So, so this ark, brothers and sisters, that came to rest on this day, on, uh, on the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, that is the day of the Lord's resurrection. So now these ones are living a life in resurrection. And we'll get into the details next week of what that living really looked like. How, how did these ones live? But brothers and sisters, that is our living, the church life. Peter, I think it's 1 Peter 1 verse 3. He says, we were resurrected with Christ. 
We were resurrected on the same day that Christ was resurrected. So our living, our beginning is even before we were born, we were resurrected with the Lord. So our living, the church life, is a living in the resurrection of Christ. And this is what we see with Noah and his family. They, when this ark came to the rest on this mountain, they, when they left this ark, they went forth in resurrection. Amen. Maybe, maybe we'll, I'll just share that, my brother John. Maybe you can just share something with us before we break up in groups. Yeah, I like that. That's a wonderful picture, Adrian. After 40 days of flood, 40 signify testing and trials that signify death, judgment. And now the ark was sitting there on Mount Ararat, which signifies resurrection. This shows us the picture of something that I always being disturbed that is so-called in Christ. Since did you see the picture that these eight people, they saved in the ark, they saved in Christ. And this is how we save in Christ. This, they got saved because they are in, inside the ark. They did not swim to Mount Ararat, but they are in this ark, and this ark is in Mount Ararat. Wonderful. All our salvation, because we are in Christ. When God saved us from that age, where did he save us? He saved us into Christ. When we baptize people, we baptize them into the ark, into the Christ. Today, all our spirit of blessing is because we are in Christ or we are inside the ark. This is a picture. And all the experience of this ark is the same experience those who are inside the ark. Those eight person, because they are in the ark. So wherever this ark goes through, whatever this ark experience, this eight person also experience what the ark is experienced. Did you see the picture? We are in Christ. So when Christ come to be a man, live on earth, went to the cross, we are in him. And we are with him on the cross. In Christ, we are also being crucified with Christ because we are inside the ark. When that ark passed through the 40 days of flood, we are also passed through those 40 days of flood. When this ark was on Matarat, we are also in Matarat. When Christ was resurrection, we are also resurrected. And especially the 17th day of the seventh month, month Abib, that's in sprouting. I like that picture. Praise the Lord, that is our birthday. <laughs> when is our birthday? The 17th day of the seventh month. That is the day of resurrection. Passover is the 14th day of the seventh month. And after three days become the 17th day, 
that's the day of resurrection. That is where Mataradan, where the ark stay in Mataradan. That is a new age. There's a new beginning. We all have been sprout. Many brothers of our firstborn. Amen. Many brothers of Christ. That is the day of resurrection. Amen. Saints, if you ask me when's my birthday, my birthday is the 17th. I don't mean July, I mean 17th day of the seventh month. That's the day of resurrection. We're all born at the same time because we are in Christ. We are in this ark. We all have been born at the same day. Your birthday is my birthday. We all the same. We birth in the same time because we are in Christ. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Amen. Of course, I think still a lot that in chapter eight, next week we want to see the shadows of the church life that come out from the, from the ark. That is in the in resurrection and then that's the initiation of the church life. And Noah's come, uh, Noah come out from the ark. That is the picture of the church life. There are seven items we want to see next week. Amen. I think we can maybe, Adrian, can we go to the group? We can share something in our groups. Yes. Uh, Angela, maybe you can break us up in our groups for 10 minutes. And then uh, we can come back together for some corporate overflow. Amen.